Hello there folks, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to Around the World in 80 Cigars, with me, your host, Nick Hammond. I hope you are all in spectacular form. If you're in the UK right now, you will be wondering what happened to spring. It's cold, it's wet, it's windy, and... <laughs> Hey, what's changed, you might say. But we shan't let that discourage us because we are on the up and up. Things are opened. I've had my first beer in a pub for a very long time. Very welcome it was too. And let's hope things continue in that form. And if you're not quite so fortunate, wherever you may be, I wish you all the best and hope that you are getting to some form of normality and safety before too long. As I say, welcome to Around the World in 80 Cigars. It is about cigars, it is about travel, it is about lifestyle, it is about people, places, things, interesting and amazing craftsmanship and experiences. It's about all sorts of the things that make us love life. I'm just back from um, a visit up north to Cheshire where my friends at Leggett's are. Uh, they're the guys that I collaborated with to put out world first oriental cigar gin leggett's x nick hammond oriental cigar gin check out leggett's l e g e t s dot com and have a look there you there are some some superb things coming on the website that we've been working on and i've been working with them part of the um the leggett's x nick hammond collection and beyond some amazing uh stuff and because uh they are the offshoot or sister company of rutherfords of england who are English bridal leather specialists, then we have the ability to incorporate some of that incredible workmanship and incredibly uh, incredible skins and leather and exotics available. Uh, and we can migrate that across to some Leggett's products. And um, I can tell you right now that photography is underway on some really lovely things. I'm not sure I'm giving the game away if I tell you, give you a little sneak preview, but... Um, we have things like beautiful um, hip flasks lined with leather, lined with croc, um, lined with bridal leather or, or with pony, uh, embroidered, um, embroidered is not the right word. Um, they can be embossed, they can be uh, have your name, uh, your initials put on them, and they're really lovely. You've got um, eight ounce, four ounce uh, flasks for every occasion. Uh, we have things like beautiful card holders that you can just slip in your pocket with two or three of your best cards and a few quid one for a night out and you don't want a wallet bulging your suit out and these again are hand stitched handmade hand finished in a variety of amazing colors and leathers and they are just gorgeous um there's one i'm really excited about that is coming out of part of the um the leggett's x nick hammond collection and that's the cigar folio which is a fantastic little leather cigar pouch if you will that you can keep your phone in your cutter your lighter and a couple of sticks in a tube um and there's a beautiful one that the prototype we've had made up that um to my specifications that's being photographed and he's going up on the website they are going to sell like hotcakes they're fantastic so keep your eye on that that's coming out soon and i hope you will enjoy them i mentioned rutherford's england and of course they are a pod sponsor so um you also Owe it to yourself to check out www.rutherfords, R-U-T-H-E-R-F-O-R-D-S, rutherfordsengland.com uh, and you will see that, uh, that stunning English bridal leather work I've told you about 
Um, I was just up at the workshop, as I say, and there was about a um, hundred different beautiful pieces just about to be shipped to Japan, where the stuff is like absolutely heralded as the pinnacle of uh, English craftsmanship. In fact, when the guys from Rutherford's go over there, they get asked for their autographs. It's extraordinary, um, beautiful stuff. Uh, of course, uh, my other um, sponsors are Souter Cigars. All my other partners are uh, Souter Cigars. My mate, Lawrence Davis. Uh, I often pop up here and there with him on Instagram, um, on the ticketed Zoom events. Instagram's at six o'clock on a Tuesday now, where we have a chat, do quizzes and get um, hundreds and thousands of people from all over the world to come and have a chat to us. Uh, and of course, we are all powered by Bovida, B-O-V-E-D-A dot com, Bovida Inc dot com, in fact, I think it is, B-O-V-E-D-A-I-N-C dot com, the masters of two-way humidification. Well, um, that said, I would encourage you to, of course, always pick up a copy of Around the World in 80 Cigars, the book, uh, available now in all good bookshops. Uh, you can get it direct from me if you'd like a signed copy. Just drop me a line, nick at nick-hammond.com, um, and we can sort that out. I send books every day all over the world, and I'm delighted to do so. And reach out and be in touch with you people. It's lovely to talk to you and um, to send things to you thousands of miles away with a little personal message. Of course, if you've got the book, uh, the audio book is out. That can be downloaded live from my website, www.nick-hammond.com. Nick-hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N-D.com. Uh, and of course, the podcast is coming to the end of it, uh, season two. I have a couple of one or two more surprises up my sleeve for you. Let us know what you think. Like, subscribe, please review the book and the audio book. It keeps things moving and keeps things current and keeps my enthusiasm going. But uh, without further ado, I want to talk to you about today's guests. Again, I don't think it's unreasonable to call them absolute legends. Renowned the world over for their shop, for the way they treat people, for their gentlemanly conduct you couldn't really ask for um greater I, I don't think you could ask for nicer people really I, they, i'm great great friends with these people uh this will be the second time they appear on the pod and not before time as well because they uh the downloads of their interview is one of the highest of all time and with this interview, I, I comfortably predict within a couple of days of it being released, we will have smashed through the 20,000 listener barrier. And that, I find that hard to come to terms with. I, you know, I know what 20,000 people look like in a football stadium. <laughs> and I just can't imagine, that, you know, when I started this in lockdown and was worried about what we were going to do and how we were going to do it and if we were going to get out and how on earth... I was going to keep myself busy and keep other people entertained, um, that this wonderful podcast has been created and this opportunity to speak to you every uh, every two weeks, all of you, every couple of weeks, say hello, how are you doing, check in, give you my regards, and in return, a few of you have been good enough to send me yours, 
And I can genuinely say it's been a great help to get me through the last year and a bit. And it's helped me get my message across when, frankly, I've been unable to claim anything from from anyone, the government or any subsidies or furlough. And the self-employed chap ploughing a lonely furrow trying to get things out there, um, whether that be articles and audio and video and books and things. It's um, it's a hard slog sometimes. And so I want to thank you personally for sticking with me, for listening in, for expressing your um, thoughts, feelings, your constructive criticism and, you know, your hellos and thank yous from all over the world. 20,000 plus listens from 80 plus countries is something I will never forget. So thank you. And without further ado, let us crack on and talk to those legends that I've mentioned. They are, of course, the one and only duo that runs Davidoff of St. James's Street, London, the lovely Edward and Eddie Sahakian. <laughs> How well, are you? Everything yeah, well? Yeah, fine, Edward. Thank you. Yeah, really well. Um, I, I've been, been a strange old time. It's been a, a most odd time, but we're all good. We cannot complain. Um, have you got any... Are you smoking, gentlemen? We, we, we will be once you instruct us to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I presume it's the ox we're talking about, right? I think we decided on the ox, didn't we? Yes. Okay. Yeah, not, not the usual girth I tackle at 11 o'clock in the morning. But then again, so I, I feel like I'm on holiday, so why not? <laughs> Oh, special occasion, Eddie. <laughs> right, now let me grab my cutter. What, what I don't have at hand is the full product description. Do you want me to look that up before we get cracking? Or Yeah, have a look. You, have a look, Eddie, while I'm you probably know more than I do about it. Uh... It's, uh, <laughs> they have a nice right. Do you know what, Edward? I was thinking of you today. Um, last I night I was thinking of our interview, and Edward, I thought, I'd go back and listen to the pod we did earlier, uh, late last year. And it was a lovely interview, if I say so myself. Um, oh, thank you. You're too kind, Dick. I listened you. to it again, and it was, it's a really interesting chat. And you talk, and we talk about, amongst many other things, um, Armenia. And I said to myself, right. When the world is able, I really would love to go with you back and do podcasts and, and, and articles and things about going back with you and experiencing what that's like. Nick, it would give me the greatest pleasure to host you there. And I'm sure you will really enjoy it. You have to, yeah. you have to be there at the right season. You, know, you don't want to go there in the middle of the winter and not in the right in the bang middle of the summer when it's boiling hot but sort of uh, in, in a good season there's so much to see so much to do so friendly people uh, and recently i've heard so many lovely restaurants you know they're very smokers friendly uh, outdoor sitting it's, it's very much a bit like you know spain havana combined all together right it's really nice what sort of time of year are we talking, Edward, do you think would be prime? I'll tell you, like May, June is a very good time, or right. September, October. Okay. September, right, well, let's keep it in mind. <laughs> 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 I, 
a little a little road trip would be a would be yeah. a reward for all our suffering over the last year wouldn't it and okay have you, got, um, have you got any travel plans nick anything uh, anything set yet or you no, just i haven't doing... really been able to get anything in the diary because you just don't know what what's what um okay, of course i've got ideas and i've got people saying when are you coming but <laughs> at the minute i just thought there's no point booking and reading. like all of us nick like all of us are lots of plans uh, but yeah. no confirmation of yeah, booking. lots of dreams but no reality yeah uh right eddie have you got the stuff in front of you i do i've got the cigar i've got the information brilliant okay well let me do my little intro then and we'll kick off if that's all right with you Brilliant, of course with pleasure let's do it uh and you 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 what have you got the computer near to you so i can hear you both you can hear us okay yeah you're good edward do you want us louder softer uh you're good eddie Ed edward could you say something yeah, well, can you hear me, Nick? Yeah. Am I, yeah, am I doing well? Testing one, two, three, four. That's perfect. perfect. What about five, six, seven, eight? <laughs> I was hoping you were going to sing a little. <laughs> <laughs> Moon River. Right. Okay, good. Here we go. Oh, good morning. Welcome. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. Nick Hammond here, your host for another Around the World in 80 Cigars. Now, Anyone who knows me will confirm that Monday mornings are not a speciality in the Hammond household, it's fair to say. But today is a Monday morning with a difference because it's about 10, 12 degrees warmer than it was last night, which is most pleasant and refreshing. Um, it's Monday morning and I have a cup of tea and a couple of ginger snaps in front of me, plus... An enormous cigar, which is a glorious example of the Davidoff Year of the Ox. Now, it's a 56, 55, something like that. It's huge. Oh, may, may, may I correct you, Nick? Please do. It's a 60. Can you believe it? A 6 by 60. Blimey, that is huge. So, yeah, it's a proper beer moth. But, and I'm even more chirpy, because the man's voice you can hear is none other than Eddie Sahakian, and he's also sitting there with his dad, Mr. Edward Sahakian, and they both have cigars, and we're going to sit and chat. How cool is that? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, <laughs> Nick, and good morning to all cigar lovers, wherever you may be around the world. Exactly. That's a, if only my Mondays would start like this every week. <laughs> put us in that same uh, category then <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so it's a beast tell us about it eddie it's massive it is yes yeah. so so this um for for those who don't know davidoff it's about i think it's eight years now at least they've been doing the chinese uh, zodiac animals yeah. to celebrate the chinese new year uh, each uh, each and every year. So we've just gone into the Chinese year of the ox in the last few days. Yeah. And um, we've moved from the rat, which I'm a rat, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Never <laughs> let it be said. <laughs> <laughs> to, to this one, the ox. And, and of course, the, the ox is a, um, is a very large uh, beast. Um, and Davidoff have, of course, stepped up and delivered on the dimensions of this cigar uh, i'm pleased to report they haven't 
done the same with the strength because they they could have gone ott and they haven't but on the dimensions it's it's a parejo so, so straight cigar it's a uh, what they call a gordo size so it's a 60 ring gauge as we mentioned by six um it's beautifully constructed as, as you would expect from from davidoff and i think the constituents which which are always a bit interesting in the in the chinese zodiac selections uh, you know the core filler is a combination of nicaraguan and dominican tobaccos um, the binder rather unusually is a, a ecuadorian sumatran binder and the wrapper i'm sorry it's unusual it is yes uh, i mean in recent years they've been using mexican or, or dominican binders for for many of their special editions so this is a really interesting foray into into i wouldn't call it a new territory for them but but certainly for the binder and on the wrapper it's a dominican so i don't know which dominican it doesn't look like a yamasa it looks a bit light for a yamasa but um of course you can trust henke uh eladio and and all the team to to be doing that beautifully well uh, so there we have it. We've got, we've got a, uh, a gorgeous cigar. It comes in a box of 10. And for any of you who haven't seen the packaging that Davidoff deliver with these cigars, it's spectacular. Um, uh, each box has a unique twist and they're sort of standalone pieces of furniture pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you. Uh, Tell you what, um, I will, talk for two minutes and let you light your cigars Wonderful. Um, <laughs> because I'm otherwise we'll never get through it so you uh you gentlemen spark up and I shall uh have a little sniff it is a beautiful cigar um it's a sort of milk chocolate colored wrapper with a lovely sheen to it hardly a vein to be seen and as you'd imagine from Davidoff as, you, as Eddie rightly says everything is uh, is pretty spectacularly spot on so i'm looking forward to sampling and looking forward uh, to the fact that it isn't going to be an absolute bomb as well which is quite good because it is only 11 o'clock on a monday morning it um, is, and I, i've got to go to the chiropractor shortly so <laughs> i don't want to be falling asleep <laughs> nick well, i'm sorry I, I interrupted you briefly there i only wanted to ask have hmm. you got a glass of your gin next to you at 11 o'clock in the morning there is a bottle here, Edward, Eddie. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think I'm going to be sampling just yet. <laughs> Why do you? Well, we, we were thinking about it as well, and we thought 11 might be a smidge early for us. Yeah. But you never know. <laughs> Actually, I mean, that was my suggestion, Nick. <laughs> Why does that not start? <laughs> the sun is not over the yard arm, Edward, not yet. <laughs> Right, I'm just toasting this bad mm. The gentle sound of cigar being lit. I'm not sure if it works on audio, but... I tried the match effect, but I don't think it carried across. There we go. That is a real gobstopper, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we're up and running. That's good. Um, tell me, how are things business-wise? How is the shop? Um, let's talk very briefly about how things have been affected in recent times and just the general state of play for you. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting period for us, uh, Nick. I think for, for, for retailers across the board, uh, you know, we're, we're in St. James's and uh, there is absolutely no visitors. You know, there's no tourist footfall. There's very, very limited local footfall, which in normal times would have been offices, other shops, yes. clubs, um, and all the ancillary businesses that go with that. There's nothing. The only... The only constituents you see uh, on a daily basis are construction workers. And, you know, fortunately, they're, they're doing everything that would normally cause us huge disruption <laughs> now, which is a, a, good, a good step. That's true. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, our business, at least, was not uh, set up for significant mail order and online. Um, when this all started, we did have a website and it went from zero to, to a lot for us. Um, overnight. So we've been catching up on that side of things. And this has been a very good wake-up call for us. Um, and that's what we're doing at the moment. You know, we're, we've embraced the, the online and the, the ordering. We have tried to grow that. And in fact, we're in the process of relaunching our website um, in the next few weeks under a new platform, ah. which will be much more, I hope, efficient and, and user-friendly for, for our customers. Um, all with a view to, you know, being ready for, if not discontinuing, at least I think everyone has embraced online as a viable retail channel for every product now. So uh, we want to be as ready as we can for that. And, uh, and then we sit tight and we hope and pray that eventually we can all travel again. Eventually London is open again for visitors, uh, for office workers, and, um, and then see, see if we can rebound from what has been a, a very challenging 2020. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the online side, Eddie, what are people buying? Have they begun to use you, the online system as a way, as a means of talking to you and buying vintage, or is it all current production stuff? Well, that's a good question. You know, we, we have intentionally kept vintage off the website. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we've got a lot for us to, properly photograph and list it, I think would be uh, a lot of work for us, which we will do. But also the vintage product for me at least merits a personal visit. And I know not everyone can do it now, but when we're open again, because the quality, the provenance, the touch, the feel, you know, if someone is intending to spend thousands of pounds on a box of cigars, I would want to see it. I would want to smell it. I would want to touch it. I'd want to talk to the person who owns it. Uh, in this case, it's my father. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's, that's always a tricky conversation, Eddie. It's painful that's and tricky. Most, that's, that is the most difficult part of the transaction. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that, stayed, that stayed off it. But, but we have certainly found uh, good engagement with customers. And, and I think I've been, uh, I wouldn't say surprised, but on the upside, you know, pleasantly impressed by how much Davidoff we sell online, you know, really? um, because in years gone by, the, the traditional mix in the UK market between Cuban and non-Cuban would have been perhaps 80, sometimes 90, 10 or 80, 20. Uh, on our website, our mix is far closer to 50, 50, if not uh, weighted on the Davidoff side, maybe 60, 40. Right. Uh, and that's wonderful. I have to say, you know, the, the cigars have come forward so much in, in, in years past. And the variety, the sizing, the, the blending, 
Uh, and I'm really happy that, uh, that our customers agree online. That is good to hear because I know that you were, you were very much always based around the, the experience of visiting the shop. And whilst, um, whilst you built up the online store, it was never a, a huge focus, I think it's fair to say. So it's interesting yeah. that the world has changed for all of us, hasn't it? And made us look at new methods of reaching out and new priorities. Um, I mean, I spend three, four, five nights a week hosting of online events now, which That's wonderful. It is brilliant because it's something that I wouldn't have known existed before. Certainly not as a as a means of income, but mm -hmm. it, of course it has its challenges. It's um, very hard work in terms of it's very tiring, as you know, to spend a lot of time as we were discussing off air earlier. A lot of time, sort of on a screen or it almost feels like performing if you know what I mean because you're on stage and everybody's looking at you um so it's quite exhausting by the time you finish and then you come off but you're buzzing because hopefully it's been quite a good show and then so you're not ready to jump into bed and go to sleep <laughs> but uh yeah I mean it, it's just an example of how all of our priorities have, have shifted haven't we? yeah it's true you know, Nick, I've listened to quite a few of your your video and, and audio productions, and I have to say, you have the perfect manner. Uh, you know, oh, you're thanks. entertaining, you're you know, you're, the information comes through beautifully. I love the pieces you do with Lawrence. I think he's a <laughs> wonderful personality as well, and it's always an enjoyable listen and smoke. Um, and one question, Nick, do, do, do you find the same camaraderie develops between the participants especially when you're seeing each other as you would in a room um without yeah. you know in a real room yeah that's a really good question and it is very interesting in that yes is a short answer there are a group of people in you know quite often there's a crossover between multiple events uh, several people come to some some like to stick to only one, you know, one might be a Souter event or we might do a Robert Graham event in Scotland or something. And they have their own little cadre of people. And, yeah, you feel like you know these people when you start saying, hi, Alex, hi, Louise, how are you this evening? And it's strange, but they do. There is that sense of coming together. Well, it's not the same as being together. Of course it isn't. But there's definitely that community sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I suppose also that, that that you're, in most cases, everyone's at home, so there's a there's a further intimacy that you're seeing people in their natural setting. I suppose. Yeah, that's very true. And also, I think what has been lovely is it, I think we've reached out to a group of people that wouldn't be ordinarily the sorts of people that you and I may bump into at an event. Mm. Now, some of them, of course, would be, but I think there's a lot of people that a wouldn't go to an event just because it's not their scene or B, they can't go to an event because they've got young children or they're a carer or maybe they're physically disabled in some way. Or So there's a whole raft of people that wouldn't ordinarily be going out to events that you and I might be going to and suddenly really found this sort of lovely lease of life to learn and, and get to chat to people that they wouldn't ordinarily have had. Well, let, let me just add, Nick, it's given me an opportunity to see and meet people that I had not met for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, from where they live, from 
all the restrictions on traveling, uh, work, and suddenly it, it brings uh, all of us cigar lovers back together again. Uh, especially when I talk to the Dominican Republic with Hanky, his son, you know, the family, uh, Eladio. Uh, these people I could not uh, see unless I physically fly down there. And even there, it's not guaranteed that everybody will be there at the same time. Whereas on this, on these gatherings, uh, it's really nice that we can do this now. Yeah, that's a good point, Edward. And, you know, we wouldn't, certainly people of Eddie and I's age and probably yours wouldn't really have considered having a meeting, a video meeting at all if this hadn't happened. But yeah, the fact that you can, you know, like you know, you've both been on things like the Light em Up Lounge and we all log on and we catch somebody from somewhere around the world that you only ever see once or twice a year in an event. And it, and actually that has been quite, um, what's the word? can't think of the right word, but quite sort of reassuring in a, in a way that that old, that our world still exists and we've still been able to communicate. Yes. Um, I'm just having a up here. What are your opening thoughts on this uh, year of the Ox? I know you've done a lot of talking, so <laughs> you probably haven't had a chance. But well, you know, I'm I'm about an inch through on mine, and uh, it's it's a very dense smoke. Not not in terms of the smoke itself, but the 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 construction of the cigar. So yes. I love that. It, it forces you to smoke it quite slowly. And the, you know, the cigar, as we all know, the big cigar, the, the first third is often quite light and, um, and flavorful. You don't get any of the sort of heat and um, reburned chemicals yet. So it's, it's absolutely delicious for me. Um, I'm not a great one for naming, <laughs> naming notes, uh, you know, like the wine connoisseurs can can reel off adjectives, but in my case, it's you know light, strong, peppery, creamy. Those are pretty much the notes I pick up. And on this one, what I think about it's leather and earth and wood. Yes. Well, what kind of wood is it? Pine wood or? <laughs> oh, it's a bit of hickory in there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're what right. Are, what are you you're picking right. up, Nick? I think you're absolutely right. It's um very starts off very mild to medium, which is always a shock when it's such a big cigar, I think. Um, but the, the ash is a lovely, lovely light grey ash, um, and it's just a very pleasant, mild to medium, toasty smoke to start with. I, I don't think you could say much more than that. What do you think, Edward? I'm getting a beautiful silver ash on it, and I'm flashing a light on it as well. I mean, it's really lovely. I wish everybody and, and, could see. And Dad, this. what about under ultraviolet light? What 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 is it? Uh, that's the next experiment. Really. <laughs> and it's but also it's tons of smoke, isn't there? There's tons of smoke coming off, which is always a good thing. Hey, as you know, uh, cigars of this girth uh, is a rarity for me to smoke. Especially I was going to say that uh, it's not your uh, not your favourite size, of course, but. No, uh, and I find that after a while it becomes a pain in my jaw because I have to keep my mouth that much more open. <laughs> but uh, it, it's mine has started off, uh, I can't say mild, but I would sort of say mild to medium for sure. Yeah. Uh, a slight, a very slight tickle to the back of my throat to remind me of, you know, this is not an 
uh, an ordinary small cigar you're smoking, Edward, first thing in the morning. <laughs> very true, and actually the aroma. Uh, it's, I could feel that it's building up very yeah. quickly. It's like lighting a fireplace and you see it catching it very quickly and this is what's happening. It's a beautiful draw. The draw is incredible. I just had a sip of my uh, morning espresso, as I mentioned, in the cup from the coffee cup, which I brought along from Nacional <laughs> with me to hear. Uh, yes, let's let's hear that story on uh, live on air. So you accidentally dropped it in your pocket one day, did you? Well, it was a bit more than accidentally. I think it was deliberate, but I'm sure. <laughs> It was the last day, one of the last days uh, when we were in the Nacional. Well, it was last year, actually. We went to visit the Nacional and uh, said, whilst we're here, let's have a coffee uh, for good old time's sake. And I ordered a coffee and they brought us uh, two cups of coffee. I think Eddie's cup, I noticed, was in a better condition there than mine. <laughs> <laughs> when we finished the coffee, I wiped uh, the cup very neatly, nicely, put it aside. And when the waiter came, I said, I'm going to steal this coffee. Can I pay for it? And either he really didn't understand what I was trying to say, or he pretended he didn't understand. And he just said, oh, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, uh, yes, carefully and discreetly put it into my pocket. Uh, brought it back with me and I've used it a few times here. It brings back memories. It brings back nice memories. If, uh, if we can't go to Havana, we could bring a bit of the Havana back here with us. Uh, and it's a good compliment uh, for the cigar. It's, as I'm talking to you, I'm puffing on the cigar. Uh, I could feel it building up. Part yeah. of the heat of the cigar, you know, 60 ring gauge uh, cigar being burned, you could feel it is slowly starting to warm up. And about uh, a good half of the cigar is already nice and warm. The rest of it is slightly warming up every puff I take. Um, I hope it's very good. Very good spot. assessment, Edward. I would say also that it's quite remarkably firm, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Firm, but uh, pleasantly firm. There, there's yeah. no resistance, but there is enough resistance to make it pleasant. Mm. What I mean, like a good school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the cane when you need it? But, um, yeah, no, it's very, very packed with with tobacco, and and you might be for forgiven for thinking crumb, crumbs that could be a bit tight. But as you said, with the drawer is beautiful, and um, definitely amping up a little in strength and flavours now. Um, a lovely, lovely cigar, even if it is for this time of the day. It's beautiful. Um, let's talk about Cuba. Would you, you talk fondly of the Nacional, and I know we all, all of us who love that, that island think about it in times like this, but uh, would you, if someone said to you, well, put it to both of you, if someone said to you next month, you can go to Cuba, um, let's assume that you've had a jab, would you be happy to go? I would be happy to go under normal circumstances, to be honest. You know, with, with my age, uh, uh, I'm 76 years old. I had my jab, but still, uh, I don't want to expose myself to unnecessary 
No, they're dangerous. But if everything was really safe, I would love to go, yes. I could add a little bit of element of it. Uh, caution to it, but yes, uh, I would go. But as as you know, everybody knows, uh, there's no reason to go there this year because the cigar festival has been cancelled. Uh, yeah. Both of them in Dominican Republic and in Havana, it's been cancelled for in the February. Um, hopefully, perhaps the next one next year, we will be able to go. Maybe we'll be able to be there together at the same time, and then from there drop by the visit the Davidoff operation in Dominican Republic and even go to Nicaragua if we could. <laughs> You're planning an extravaganza. Sounds well, good to me. I mean, I would, um, I agree with you. There's definitely an element of caution, isn't there? And, and the thought of getting on a plane and sitting next to someone for hours and end seems very, very odd, I must admit. What about you, Eddie? How do you feel about it? Well, I, I think I, I share my father's sentiments to some degree. You know, I, I haven't had the vaccine, but assuming I had, then um, then I wouldn't feel too worried going. Um, my my particular concern is less about the medical risks and more about, uh, I mean, practically speaking, if we were to go into another travel restriction or lockdown, I wouldn't want to be stuck away from business and family no. for a prolonged period of time, you know, without, you know, well, perhaps my family feel differently about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, well, see you soon, you know. <laughs> uh, right. That that would be my only concern, you know, that you fly out and then next thing you know, you know, four weeks later, you, you're you still waiting to come yes. back. Yeah, true. Um, uh, all that said, I would love to be there, of course. I do miss travelling, of course, and I, I must say it must be the longest period for a long, long time where I literally haven't been further than the nearest you know village or town or whatever but um i do look forward to the times when we can do it but only safely i think that's probably what we we're all saying really i don't feel like taking any risks having come this far <laughs> um, i think if we're lucky if we're lucky we should be able to travel our next travel would be to dortmouth in september oh yes of course well we will definitely go to that oh, we've had fun there before haven't we Yes, well, that's also now, that's probably the next uh, best uh, thing to do. <laughs> I, I have to say, if if my if my first proper travel since February 2020 is the lovely city of Dortmund, um, <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> what are you saying about lovely Dortmund? <laughs> well, especially that, especially that that three star hotel that we pay 500 euros a night to stay in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a lovely city in terms of vibe. However, in terms of look, it is not the prettiest. Let's be honest. It's um, it's pretty industrial for obvious reasons, I suppose. Um, but it is a lovely event. And Edward, I have a little tiny passport photo on my fridge. That if you remember, we went years ago to the Davidoff Golden. What is it called? An award, yes. The Golden Band um, Award. That's right. And we had a wonderful night. And there was a pretty outrageous nightclub scenario downstairs after <laughs> the awards. And we went down. And they, if you remember, there was a little photo booth, which was a lovely idea. And you yes. could get a picture. And I've got this great picture that I treasure of you and I with dark grins on our faces. 
um, in black tie at this uh, at this event in Dortmund, and I always makes me smile when I get a milk bottle out of the fridge. <laughs> God, it feels like a lifetime, doesn't it, uh, Nick? I mean, uh, this year has has packed a lot in, but has also uh, stretched time between what it was like before and what it is like now. Absolutely. It does um, feel like such a long time ago that we were able to do that sort of thing. I suppose the other event that might happen, do you think the Partagas Festival might happen? Uh, could be. It, it that's no better, how, how things develop yes. in the world. I mean, uh, uh, God willing, we will be okay here in the UK, but uh, the rest of Europe and further on, uh, how safe it will be the countries, how safe the travel itself will be, and what will be the restrictions if we're going to have to travel there and be in isolation for 10 days before we can get out of the hotel, uh, already, you know, we have to come back. True, true. So let's plan for the best, uh, or is it wish for the best, but plan for the worst. <laughs> yes, that's probably wise. Well, while we're daydreaming, let's talk about if you could go anywhere safely, where would you go? I mean, Edward, I know you love your trips to Nice. Um, is it, off the top of your head, if I said to you, here's a ticket, go anywhere you like, where would you go? Well, I would jump into my car and do my annual uh, road trip right <laughs> down to... And actually, I've been planning it already. This time I'm not going to go... Uh, through France down to Nice, but I'm going to do the other way around uh, from Calais, from Calais straight down uh, near Bordeaux and from there across the border into Spain and then drive through Spain into Valencia, uh, spend a few days there with the grandchildren and then from Valencia take the south coast road, uh, drive all the way to Nice. And uh, because we're not allowed to stay too long uh, in Europe any longer, uh, so I have to be counting the day, so probably a week or two weeks in Nice and then drive back um, through France, uh, up through possibly into maybe Italy or Germany and then make a whole circle right back to Calais and back <laughs> to London again. That sounds like a wonderful trip right up your street. That's around, uh, according to your meticulous planning, that'll be around June the 21st, won't it? That is my ideal date of travel that <laughs> happened this year. But because it's the longest day and the shortest night and my travels usually start first thing in the morning before sunrise. So that's around four o'clock in the morning. Really? And uh, around 8, 8.30 out of the Eurotunnel into Calais. On the first petrol station, about 50 kilometers away from Calais, I stop, get my coffee light up my first cigar and just continue enjoying it and i don't even drive past any longer i just drive slowly so i can enjoy every kilometer of the road <laughs> and tell me edward what is your cigar of choice on your road trip it will be uh, smaller cigars I, I used to light up uh, either the it started many years ago with the Panatella. It was actually mm. the Davidoff Ambassadries. Yeah. And then uh, uh, after a while, uh, I sort of progressed into slightly larger uh, sizes, ring gauges. It was uh, 
the Reyes, the Trinidad Reyes. And uh, nowadays, uh, what I do is I, I cheat. Uh, I take a, either a Lancero <laughs> or a Davidoff number one. Uh, on and I cut it into half. So I smoke them in two halves. <laughs> I know it's uh, some would say sacrilege, but I totally understand that just is your perfect little size, isn't it? You pop one in your pocket, have one, and then come back to it later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you find <laughs> do you find it's a different experience enjoying it that way as it would be that if you smoked it all at once, Edward? Well, uh, it, it is. Uh, first of all, at one go, a cigar which is seven inches long, at one go, you really need to be sitting down comfortable uh, at the comfort of your home or garden uh, in good company. You know, you don't want to sit there for an hour, smoke a cigar all on your own uh, if you could uh, do it with some friends. Uh, the, because the amount of times we sat down and smoked and chatted, you know, an hour has gone by so quickly. Whereas on yes. your own, uh, sitting there, uh, time sort of slows down and it doesn't give you the same joy. Very true. But if you cut it into half, then, you know, half an hour smoke, it's fine. Just enough time to catch up with your emails on your iPhone and maybe a few WhatsApps and a few pictures and that's it. <laughs> And the same question to you, Eddie. Where would you go? Uh, you know, I was thinking about it as you were talking, and my 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 gut was somewhere really idyllic beach. You know, <laughs> maybe the I don't know Maldives or something. But but actually, I would I would probably go to Japan. Mm. And uh, I've developed a fascination with the NHK Japanese state news channel on in this lockdown. Really. They're basically like the BBC. There's no advertising, and they 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 have these amazing segments about you know little bits of culture across spread across Japan. I've never been there, so it's tantalized me so much. I'm so there's I have a list of about a hundred things I want to see and do in Japan that I think that would have to be it. Interesting. I have been fortunate enough to go to Japan, and oh, I'm yeah, so I jealous. When, when was that? Uh, I went a few years ago. I don't know if you recall, Eddie. I was um, lucky enough to be a guest of Suntory. And so uh, we did a whole whiskey trip out there, which was just incredible. Um, and you oh, would yeah. love it. It is so different, so otherworldly. And as you say, so much of interest to someone of an inquisitive nature that, um, you know, you, you just feel like you're in Alice in Wonderland, really. Um, Where did you did you move around, or were you in one or two places? Yeah, we did a little bit. We did uh, we stayed in Tokyo for a while and did the sushi market and and that sort of thing. Um, and there were lots of sort of whiskey tastings and dinners and things, which was lovely. Um, and and very they're very intense people, the Japanese. So everything is thought of down to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. Very very thoughtful. Um, and it took a while for me to really get into. The tasting of Japanese whiskey because it is very different, um, but it is actually really delightful. And uh, and of course, uh, because it's Suntory who do the likes of Hibiki or um, Yamazaki or Hakushu, there was a real breadth 
um, a breadth of flavour to go through and to challenge your palate and to taste. And so that was really refreshing to to have whiskey that wasn't whiskey as I knew it. And uh, we went Tokyo, Kyoto, did a bit of the sort of shogun shogunate type uh, visiting the temples and th things, which was fascinating. And uh, I visited the um, Hakushu Distillery, which is a lesser known brand, but is um, a oh, still yeah. a lovely, a lovely light, fresh whiskey. Um, and the distillery is in a little town that I can't even think of the name of off the top of my head. But it's a beautiful, pretty little town um, right in at the foot of what they might call the Japanese Alps. And the distillery is sort of up, half up the slopes. Um, and so wow. you go up into this bamboo forest and it's suddenly very, very misty and very atmospheric. Um, and the whiskey is made from the snow water runoff. So it's really light and really clean and really grassy. And it's and uh, they have this wonderful tasting room with a, with a great big sheer glass frontage that just looks out onto this bamboo forest. And it's just amazing. Uh, and there's temples, little ghostly shrines um, all over the place with little bells tinkling. And, and it, it is just wonderful, Eddie. You will love it. Um, oh. In fact, uh, Leggett, who I do, as you know, do the gin with and, and are doing other things with, um, they have a, a sister brand called Rutherford's. They make really amazing leather goods. And, um, and they are quite big in Japan. Uh, mm -hmm. They've got quite a following. And so there's half a chance that we might be able to arrange some events over there. So perhaps we can get out together, Eddie. Oh, that would be my dream. May, may I ask, Nick, did yeah. uh, everyone I've known who's visited Japan um, has always returned with one very weird purchase, or perhaps weird's not the right word, <laughs> but what would be your most unusual item you returned with from your trip? Uh, yeah, there is all sorts of weird things out there. Really, really, I have written a few times in describing it. It felt to me when you land, like you've just landed on the set of Blade Runner. Um, and there's these neon lights everywhere and people rushing about and chains and, and, and bizarre. One thing they have, they're really keen on their vending machines. So every street corner has a vending machine, but it isn't like the vending machine that you or I know of. You go to the street corner and there'll be a vending machine and inside is a birthday cake <laughs> or a can of coffee that you open up and it heats itself up. Um, and it is just extraordinary. Uh, and the thing I brought back for my girls who are much younger than was I went in the shop and there were all these sweets and they were sweets, but not as we knew them. So there were things like a Kit Kat, but it was the green tea Kit Kat. Ah. <laughs> and so it was, it was just like a weird dream, you know, where things you know are familiar, but they're suddenly not anymore. Um, and the food is exquisite um, and it is just magical. Mm. You, you, you've, 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 persuaded me i think japan probably the next significant trip i take whenever that may be it's a lovely thought how is the cigar for you guys mm. uh, um sort of uh, inch and a half already into it uh, lovely ash firm uh, if anything I, I either my palate is adjusting to the time of the day i'm smoking this cigar 
uh, but I'm finding it is getting smoother and mm. if anything milder maybe mm. definitely very smooth um, it's a lovely a lovely mild to medium bodied smoke and whilst it has got a little you know slightly it amped up slightly again as you say it's just clearing along isn't it yes uh, and you know what I love as well it's for me I describe it as a full mouth tasting you know there's certain origins and certain tobaccos that seem to hit one spot on the palate this mm. one has completely coated everything and is, is stimulating my full mouth at the moment uh, and I'm I'm possibly half an inch ahead of dad so I'm I'm about two inches in um, and I feel like I've gone into this golden period of the cigar where if, if I could just have this flavor for the next 10 years it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. It's delicious. Mm. Yeah, it is great. And uh, I think I'm about the same as you, Eddie, a couple of inches. And it's a lovely, toasty. And funny you should say about that mouthfeel, because often when it, a big cigar with a girth like that, I find they're very dry. They're very drying. And yes, your mouth yeah. and your palate gets quite exhausted and dry, and you have to drink lots of water. And it's actually quite an exhausting process. And I which is why I think I and probably you, certainly Edward, prefer the smaller ring gauge. It doesn't feel like quite such exhausting work, but but this is uh, this is delightful. And I remember very clearly an event at um, at Davidoff at your shop some years ago when Henke came over, and yes. he spent some time talking us through the palette. Do you remember and the leaves and how he works them to stimulate the different bits of the palate and he completely went off on one didn't he and he talked for about an hour and a half but it was <laughs> fascinating yeah uh, and and he's nailed it uh you know the the year of the ox um is i think going to be one of their best sellers uh in this particular range from davidoff i know the the rats sold very well and, and before that um, I think the previous bestseller was maybe the uh, maybe the dog. I can't remember now, but this uh, this is right up there, and um, I'm really happy with them. You know, Nick, something we never get much time to do with with these ones is age them because no. they fly out so quickly. But I've now, in the last few years, made a concerted effort to put a few boxes aside and revisit two, three, five years afterwards, see how they develop. What a great idea. So are you sitting on those for now? Well, a few, yes. Uh, and, and you know, conventional experience and wisdom would suggest that the non-Cubans, a lot of that fermentation that would normally happen in the box, in the cigar, in Cuba, probably on a merchant's shelf, happens in the factory with, with the non-Cubans. Yeah. So you, you see less change and less development. But, but we've learned that over 10 plus years, you will still see a beautiful change in the non-Cubans. So um, it's taken us too long, but now we know we are we are putting some aside. Very interesting. I'd like to hear your findings on that when you eventually sample them. Sorry, say that again. You will need to be there when I do. <laughs> right, let's do it. Let's do a season three pod or five pod or season ten, whenever you've done it. Um, let's talk about the cigar industry as we know it and particularly in the uk how do you think the last year will affect the way things work um it, from your perspective in retail do you think 
the way shops work will change. But I mean, let's assume that eventually we all get back to a relative normality. Do you think people's shopping habits have, have changed? Mm. Well, if I may, I'll, I'll, I'll put in my two pence. Um, I think they have changed. And I think the, the convenience um, certainly is one. I think the, um, the comfort and ease with which online purchasing can happen is another um, for, for the majority of goods. But yeah. coming to cigars, whilst there are customers who will need and continue to order online, um, there is something very, very uh, important about touching, feeling, smelling, and experiencing the cigars in person. So I have a, I have a optimistic suspicion that when we can, we will see uh, a lot of people who've, who've perhaps got into cigars online in this period who can't wait to physically visit and experience a, a, a real cigar merchant um, as soon as they can. And, and I think we, we should hopefully see a, a bounce back in, in, in visits um, but I think there's room for both now, very comfortably for you know going forward in a normal normal situation. It's the same uh, with me, Nick. I, I think there's something magical uh, about seeing uh, a cigar before you buying it. I mean, the love for me, the love affair with the cigar uh, starts uh, in my mind. You know, I think I'd like to smoke a cigar, and when I walk into the cigar room. Uh, I've got the widest choice of cigars one could pick from, but still, I look through boxes and boxes until suddenly my eye catches a particular cigar for whatever reason. could be the color of the wrapper, it could be anything. And then to physically, to pick that cigar up and touch it and feel it, flirt with it, and then cut the end off have a few puffs without lighting it to see how it draws and then to light it this whole experience is part of the fun of the pleasures of smoking a cigar mm. uh, if i had to if i'm desperate and i had no other choice but to order it online i would do it perhaps yeah uh, but uh, there's nothing that can take the place of uh, physically seeing a cigar touching it feeling it picking it up and, and then lighting it and enjoying it. I, I have the same uh, habits of that, the, the purchasing fruit. I would, <laughs> yes. yes, I have I heard would, this story. Yeah. I would never order fruit online. I mean, you won't believe it. You know, when I go to buy uh, my bananas, I go through maybe 20, 30 different bananas <laughs> until I choose two or three of them and, and I buy that. Same with the oranges, apples. Uh, these are things you have to see, you have to touch, you have to smell, and yeah. then to buy and enjoy. Is it, um, what is it that, I'm trying to remember now, you were in, I think you were in Armenia and you get hooked, is it, is it figs or is it walnuts or something that grab you and you stop and buy about a sackful of them? <laughs> well, the walnuts as well. Walnuts, yeah. Uh, but apricot is probably... Uh, well, pomegranates in the season as well, but ap oh. apricots in the season also. It's a national fruit there, and was the same story there. I mean, as you walk down the aisles, uh, uh, you're attracted from the smell of the fruit, 
and then you see it and then you you're allowed to touch it there you're allowed to pick choose and pick the ones you want uh, yeah what um i'm just thinking i bought a book during lockdown a cookery book about persian food have you read it it's, it's called the saffron uh what's it called um i'll find the book and it's a beautiful book about traditional persian dishes do you know that one there's there's one i've got which um i'm trying to remember what it's called is it the good good life no it's oh i have to ask uh my wife she's got a few of those books and she she does use them as well but with, with the iranian food uh, one of the things that is used a lot is saffron and a good What's saffron uh, gives a uh, uh, a, a lot of uh, flavor to the food, especially on, on with the rice and a few of their other dishes. Uh, now you're really making me hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's called The Saffron Tales by Yasmin Khan. Have you read that? Ooh, no. Right. Uh, that, uh, Listen, don't go and get it. I'll buy you a copy with my pleasure. And I'd like you to to read it and salivate and, and you can tell me about some of the dishes you recognize. Do, do you make the... Um, the saffron rice yes you mean tachin yes is that the one with the crust yeah, well, that's the one yes well there's two oh, versions oh. there's there's the what we call the normal rice which you have as an accompaniment to a lot of the dishes which which yeah. is normally long grain it could it's normally basmati can be other yeah. brands and you 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 soak it for a while then you cook it in either a, a cooking pot or, or even a rice cooker and it comes out with a crispy shell around it called tadik. And oh. that's that's delicious. But there's another variant of that, which is almost a standalone dish called tachin, where they right. they put a lot of yogurt and saffron and egg in the base. Mm. So where you would normally have the tadik, you get this thick... Um, thick as like a two, two and a half inches. Yes. Juicy really? sort of yogurt and saffron soaked part of it which is which is beautiful as well oh and, and some of the I dishes add, i have to add you have to have it with chicken or lamb by the way there's lots of yeah lots of these beautiful dishes that just are mouth-watering and one of them again as you say was a lamb dish and they and it's like layers of rice and then layers of lamb and layers of rice and mm. i can't think of the name of it it sounded amazing it sounds like this uh, the tachin of lamb oh. that must be the one God, God willing, um, one day we will sit and have one of those. I'll arrange that. Oh, I just, it just fills me with joy, the thought of sitting in somewhere exotic like that and smelling the spices and, yeah, just beautiful. I'll, I'll definitely, after we've come off, I'll buy that book and send it to you and with, <laughs> with my, with my um, great thanks and let me know what you Thank think. You. There's some lovely things on that. And I love my cooking, as you know. I, I'm always messing about, so I'm going to try the rice. You need to do a little... Um, you need a bit of saffron in some butter and things to colour it, don't you? Yes, you do. And and I'll tell you, Nick, when I went to university, I was just 18 and I went to university in, in, in America. And the only thing I took with me from home, the most valuable thing I took with me from home was a rice cooker and some basmati rice. Really? And I was cooking that in my in my dorm room 
And of course, I had to learn how to cook it as well. Yeah. So my mother taught me. And it's not difficult as long as you follow the correct steps. And then you too can have perfect Persian rice. Oh. Essentially, after it takes an hour to prepare it. So uh, if I can pass that on to you at some point when you're, yes. when you're trying it, let me know. I'll talk you through it. Definitely. I want to do that. You have to soak the rice for some time, don't you? And, and it, so it's not something to be done in a hurry, I guess, is the upshot. Well, the, the initial prep, no. You, you, you ideally need a couple of hours of soaking. And do you need you need to make sure there's a good cover because it steams, doesn't it? So, do you think it would work in a sort of high sided pan, or is it definitely need a rice cooker? The rice cooker is super easy because it's a non-stick um, Teflon coated uh, inner, and then the the program call it where you set the heat. It doesn't really matter. You just do it by time. Uh, that, that's really easy. But if you're going to do it yourself, I would use a non-stick pot, so high-sided pot, um, and and then you can recreate it. And you're quite right. You want to put a cloth. Um, what, what what you do after you boil off the water? So you you put water with the rice. Once the visible water is boiled off. You then do uh, what's called we we dam dam the rice, which means <laughs> not the English variant of the word. Uh, it's a good thing. And you put you put a uh, sort of like a muslin cloth between the lid yes. and, the, and the cooking pot, and that right. creates a semi airtight seal, and and that allows it to cook at a higher temperature at a higher pressure uh, for about half an hour, forty minutes. Uh, and that really finishes it off. That's when, you know, done, it's going to come out with a beautiful crispy shell and it'll be fluffy rice. You don't want it to be soggy and sticky. No. You want it to be fluffy. <laughs> I love it. So now, so you don't get that with every podcast, do you? You get cigars, travel, cookery tips, everything. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'll definitely give you a call when I'm going to attempt that, Ellie. And, um, and the cigar is just stunning now, is yours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've gone through half of my cigar now. There's a. Uh, I just lost the ash, which was a good two inches, probably long. Uh, but underneath it, I'm observing a, a lovely pyramid, uh, which is a the best sign you could get uh, from a cigar that it has been very well made. Uh, Eddie's got exactly the same as well. It's a lovely pyramid type, uh, the tip of the cigar where the ash was. And it's delicious. Uh, it has not changed its character yet. It's mild, no. smooth, very pleasant smoke. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, as I said, I'm not a great fan of 60 ring gauge cigars, but this one is exceptionally delicious. That's a very uh, good I'm, point. I'm getting a little bit more strength on mine now, and I think that's a natural consequence of where I am on the cigar. What about you, Nick? Where, where, where are you on yours? Yeah, I'd say I was... <clears throat> just uh, round halfway if not a little bit over and uh, the same that you can tell there's a natural concentration of flavors and oils as you say i think that's the only reason it's slightly bolder but it's just um cruising along very very pleasantly i mean mm. edward it's not the cigar you would often go to but would you return to this after the, after this experience i i would uh, yeah. later in the afternoon probably uh, late in the evening after a dinner mm. and uh, I think that, that will really with a nice program on TV 
uh, watching a series or something. Uh, this will really take me through. I've, I've been doing that a lot recently in the evenings. Uh, we have an early dinner at home uh, around no later than five o'clock, probably. All right. And then we, we watch the number of nice films on Netflix these days uh, and on TV. And whilst we're watching the series, I just light up my cigar and Greta, bless her, she, uh, <laughs> she encourages me to do that. She says, she says, I like the smell of it. Don't worry. Oh. You know? <laughs> bless, that, bless that woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only time I don't smoke uh, at home is when the grandchildren are around. But in their absence, I light up a cigar and we sit down and really enjoy it. What is your routine at the minute? Are you both still going to the shop every day, or is that not necessary? Yes, um, we're we in Monday to Friday. We're here um, <clears throat> from about nine thirty until I would say about four thirty, maybe. Um, and uh, most of it is dealing with the mail order and and any admin that comes up. Yeah, uh, we, we've got a, a skeleton crew uh, in the best sense possible. You know, not the full team is here, but enough of us to do the, the logistics and fulfillment for the orders. Um, and then that, that, that's a blessing, I have to say, because if I was at home seven days a week, not yeah. only would my wife have killed me by now, <laughs> but I would probably have killed the children too, having to deal with it. Yeah. Homeschooling. <laughs> and a couple of teachers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a. I can imagine getting out is quite a thing, and like I said to you earlier, I've got a nip to the chiropractor, which at the best of times is more of a nuisance than anything else. But I tell you what, I cannot wait to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Our times have changed. I do the same as well, Nick. I get here same time as Eddie does in the mornings, but I tend to go home earlier in the afternoon. I find that if I stay in the shop too long, I get in everybody's way, you know. Not they're, true. They're all running around doing things, and I, I don't have much to do, thanks to Eddie. So, <laughs> so I do go home a bit earlier, and if it's a nice day, I might just give another polish to the car, maybe, or just sit down and relax and read a paper or a book. Have you... I, I was saying earlier that I listened to our initial pod last night, um, just as a refresher and then once I got into it I listened to the entire hour because it was such a lovely chat um, apart from the annoying interjections by myself which every interviewer always you know afterwards you, you cringe because you say things at the wrong time or you interrupt somebody and you think why did I do that but the, you know it was a lovely conversation and a very unusual one you know it wasn't all the usual questions you get asked to talk about and with some lovely detail and and there was some great interplay between the two of you and how your relationship has worked. Um, Edward, after all these years, you talked a moment or two ago very warmly about how you like to select a cigar and it starts in your mind and you think about it. And then you're lucky enough to go into this great canvas to see what you're going to smoke that day. And then you feel it and smell it and all the rest of it. Two questions, I suppose. One is... Does that love of the experience and has that love of the experience remained the very same since the day you opened the shop? You obviously still feel that when you go in and choose a cigar like I would if I went in for the first time. 
And secondly, um, did you, when you opened the shop, know very much about cigars in hindsight? Well, the answer to your first question, Nick, if anything, I enjoy and appreciate the good smoke even more now than I ever did. Right. Every day that I walk into this uh, shop and one of my first uh, places to walk into is the cigar room. If nothing else, just take a deep breath and see how the temperature and the humidity is in the room. Yes. Every time it's like day one. It's, it's a lovely feeling. Uh, you never get bored of uh, that exercise. Amazing. Uh, when I opened the shop, uh, I, when I opened the shop, I knew very little about cigars as such. The only right. thing I knew that I enjoyed a good smoke. And to be honest, you don't need to know anything about the cigar as long as you enjoy the cigar itself. True. Naturally, when you enjoy something, you tend to dig deeper into it. It's like wines. You enjoy wine and then you look at the bottle or where was it uh, made from and then you, you, you dig deeper into it and you increase your knowledge. It's the same uh, with me. The, probably the first 10, 15 years of the shop, uh, uh, I did not stop learning. Every day I learned something new. And even now, 40 years later, every day I learn something new, either by experience or by talking to other people who smoke cigars or by reading something. Uh, and also it keeps on evolving. It's, uh, it's not a knowledge that you reach a certain stage and it stops. No, it, it, no true. it just continues. And when you love something, you never give up your interest. Uh, I really enjoy it. As a matter of fact, I enjoy it and appreciate uh, a good cigar more than anything else nowadays. You know, the older <laughs> you get, the fewer of pleasures are left in life for you to enjoy. And cigar is it's probably that only pleasure I have uh, left. Uh, you know, when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, there's so many other distractions in life. Whereas where, when you reach to my stage in life, uh, you become very choosy and mm. So you're not able to, I, mean, I don't go to discotheques or uh, things like that as much, uh, or none at all probably, uh, but a good cigar uh, I enjoy every day. You won't believe it if you see my uh, bathroom uh, next to my toothbrush, uh, I've got two or three little jars and they're all stacked with cigars. No, I don't smoke them that time of the morning whilst I'm brushing my teeth, obviously. But <laughs> just to look at them, really, know, it gives me such a pleasure. On the opposite wall, I have uh, photographs of all my grandchildren in different stages of their life, and uh, in front of me, I've got all the cigars, you know, and the radio. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell me what that's really interesting. What cigars are in this little jar? In that little jar, I've got a couple of the Davidoff number twos. I've got a uh, few of the Reyes's. Uh, mm. A new edition. I, I just found a new cigar uh, day before yesterday, uh, Friday. We had a small delivery of Hoya de Monterey, uh, the Deputé. Oh, lovely. And it's got a lovely age on it. It's 20 years old. Gosh. 
And so do you pick, do you pick one of those out, Edward, and pop it in your pocket for the day, or is it purely to give you that pleasure of seeing it? Well, it's funny you should say that, uh, Nick. Uh, what I do is when I get all dressed up, I touch my left hand pocket where I put my chain and now my mask as well. I touch there to make sure I do have a cigar. If I don't, I pick one of those up as well. Uh, uh, but usually there's always a cigar in my pocket next to my mask. Everywhere you go. Everywhere I go. <laughs> I love it. That is such a lovely story. Um, Edward, uh, Eddie, final word to you, I think. When you came into the business that we discussed before how you knew about cigars and you that they'd always been around and you liked the odd cigar. Could you explain or define, you know, having now been in the business for many years, what have you learned, do you think? What is the important things you've learned since you sort of came under your dad's wing and then since of 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 taken more control there? Now dad is riding on his wing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's there's many things. I mean, the, uh, my my appreciation of cigars uh, continues to to grow each day, um, and and that's a consequence of of loving the product and and of course being in business with it. But um, what has really been highlighted for me more than I even imagined when I first joined the business was that. You know, it, to, to paraphrase my father, we, we are in the business of pleasure. Yeah. And pleasure is not just the product. Uh, the cigars, of course, are a very important part of it. But the experience for a customer is, is, starts long before they walk into our shop and doesn't end when they walk out of the shop. So it's really being aware of that and... Um, making sure that each and every one of our customers is treated uh, like royalty and making sure that problems are flagged because we all make mistakes in this business. If a customer has a bad experience with us, it's being able to hear the problem and respond to it quickly. And, yes. um, and what we're doing right now has been an eye opener for, for us because it was far more difficult being able to speak directly to our customer base when they're not physically present. But having channels like your own, your podcasts, the videos, um, and all the other sort of video uh, and blog type communication uh, we have yeah. has allowed us to, to speak to our customers, in some cases interact with them directly, in other cases um, allow them to listen to us and hear us. And, um, and that's been so valuable as a business for, for us because it, it continues that, uh, that, that relationship with, with, with the customer and hopefully leaves them wanting to visit us again. That's a very, very crucial part of our business now. And I think post lockdown and post COVID, hopefully, we will very much continue that additional channel of communication. I think um, it's taught us all that we, we, we can use it and it, it's appreciated by, by most of our customers. Yeah, 
very good point. And, and it's true. It's, it's a whole other arm that I didn't know <clears throat> I was capable of doing. And, and it's come about as a result of this. So there are positives and, and it is around to stay for sure. Um, gentlemen, we've come to the end of our hour in a flash. Oh. What, what a way to start the week. That goes back exactly to what I was saying. You know, when you're in good company, an hour goes by so easy and uh, you don't feel it. If we were sitting all on our own and smoking a cigar, it would have never given us the same pleasure. Definitely not. Thank you so much for your company. Um, much love to the families and let's stay in touch. Eddie, I'll be in touch regarding rice. <laughs> <laughs> And um, thank you for coming on, as always, and, and just giving us a fascinating insight into your lives and into the wonderful world that is the one we all love so much, the fine hand-rolled cigar. Can I just add one sentence? Yes. A big thank you, not only on behalf of Eddie and myself, but on behalf of all the cigar smokers, cigar lovers around the world for what you are doing. You are creating these lines of communication, uh, similar interests, and you are bringing people together which never would have met or heard their voices uh, if it wasn't for what you're doing. Thank you. A big thank you. And please don't give up. Continue the good work. Thank you, Eddie. Very much. Cheers, Eddie. Thank you both. Stay safe. Thank you, Nick. Take you care. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. What more could you ask for on a, what should have been a sunny May Friday? Well, it won't be sunny, but it is a May Friday. And an absolute joy to spend some time in their company smoking that really rather amazing uh, Year of the Ox. Great big cigar, but I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, just can't wait to get back to see them. And there was a time when I was popping in to see Eddie and Edward at least once a week. Um, that has not been case for many many months so thank you to those two love to them and the families and i hope you enjoyed our little chat as always do keep in touch let me know if there's anything i can help you with i hope you're all right if you're struggling out there for whatever reason i wish you all the best i wish you a positive outlook and i wish you health wealth and happiness and if you are ticking over tickety boo in mid-season form good to hear it stay safe look after each other